0: Hey everyone, Mark and Steve here. Before we get started today, we want to let you know about Dare to Connect, our new online interactive video platform.
1: For less than the cost of a therapy session, you and your spouse get live access to
0: both of us three times a week. Each 30-minute live group support session provides interactive mentoring and healing for addicts, spouses, and couples. If you're
1: loving our podcast and our unique style of bringing you recovery, you're going to love Dare to
0: Connect. To learn more... Go to daretoconnectnow.com. We're looking forward to seeing and working with you.
1: Hey, everybody, I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman.
0: We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the
1: fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the
0: PBSC Squared Podcast.
1: Hey, everybody, Mark and Steve with you here on the PBSC podcast. Recently, we received a question from a PBSC listener. Wanted to address that during our podcast today.
0: I'm excited. Let's do it.
1: Yep. So this is just from the initial J, the letter J. Uh, How can you work through feeling like you can't forgive your spouse? The deception, Hmm. gaslighting, secrecy, disrespect, and disregard for others' feelings is causing contempt that grows by the day. How can I forgive a man that spent most of our marriage fantasizing about sleeping with other women behind my back? He admits he liked the idea of getting away with something in his mind. After 16 years of lies, he now wants forgiveness. I love him, Mm -hmm. but all I see is a monster when I look at him.
0: Oh, that's so hard. Mhm what a hard situation. So obviously we've got a marriage here where this has been going on for a long time. Um spouse of an addict who's built up a lot of resentment. I you know there's we're going to have to kind of answer this I think a little bit in generalities only because we don't know a whole lot of information here. There's a lot of variables missing. Um but but I think we can still cover some good ground. Um the were the question there, you know, how can I how can I forgive someone in this, in this position, I think is kind of an interesting one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because forgiveness for many is, is sort of a spiritual pro- process. And we're pretty open about the fact that this is, uh, although we, we speak to listeners from any group, we do kind of reference from a Christian background and for one faith tradition, the definition of forgiveness is going to vary quite a bit from another And then when you throw kind of that cultural component in that you and I talk about often on here, right? That could make that even harder.
1: Yeah, the first thing that comes to our uh, mind as we look at that is, uh, you know, put "forgive" in quotes. What do you mean by "forgive"? Mm -hmm. You know, and and we have some extremes out there. You know, one of the things we've often heard in our culture is, you know, "forgive" means to forget. Forgive and forget. Uh huh. And neither neither you nor I believe that. (laughs) Forgiving is not forgetting. <laughs> right. But so you can have one, you can have a big extreme over on that side.
0: Yes. Absolutely.
1: So first thing you got to look at is okay, what is what does that mean for me? Uh-huh. Um, as I, is, you know, as as I read that, one of the things that occurred to me is, okay, what's under the surface of this? If we try to peel back the layers under this concept of forgive, are is this, is this spouse saying, I just don't know if I can stay with this man? Mm-hmm. I don't know if, I don't know if I can, if I can stay married to him.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that most of us, I mean, again, being sensitive to not knowing the details with kids and other finances and other arrangements and things, obviously we can't make any real blanket statement here, but I I think we both feel pretty strongly that, you know, life is too short therapy is too expensive and et cetera, et cetera, you know, to be in a relationship forever that you're not happy in or where Mm -hmm. resentment continues to grow even more. And so I would be kind of curious to know what other mechanisms are in place for that resentment to continue to grow. Usually, when we experience that, uh, there are there are things that are continuing to happen. I think that increase that resentment, right? Either a, sometimes it's, for example, lack of accountability, right? Like there's still minimizing going on, <clears throat> or maybe there's a lot of sarcasm involved. I'm working with one coupleship where that's an issue right now. They're going through this healing healing process, and for him. When he gets embarrassed or when he gets uncomfortable, um, sarcasm is kind of his version of laughing at the situation Mm. and putting it very mildly. That does not go over well with his (laughs) wife at all. (laughs) Right. And so there could be a lot of things, but usually there's something that continues to feed that for that to continue to grow. Sometimes for a spouse also, that resentment will grow the more recovery that they do. Right. That is sometimes something that happens as awareness. Well, oh, because she says after
1: 16 years of lies, he now wants forgiveness.
0: Mm, yeah. well, we don't
1: have any we don't have any other information. Is he in full on, serious, you know, all hands on deck recovery?
0: Is he did working? he just quit? Did he just quit last week and is now <laughs>
1: right. Right. Did he just suddenly come to him and say, I want you to forgive me? You, right. So that's yeah. So that's probably the first thing to address here is one of the one of the big issues we would encourage her to look at is if there's going to be a quote forgiveness process first of all what does that mean but secondly what is he doing in order to stop re-traumatizing on a continual basis yes and and I I tell guys how can you if you want to be forgiven how can you create the environment where you make that possible you can't control yeah. it. You can't, you know, you can't make her forgive you, but you can create the environment, the fertile soil where forgiveness can grow. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, and I think that that needs to be clearly spelled out both for, for both for our partner who wrote in, right? And then also outlined for the partner if it's safe to do so as well, so that you've got something to be working toward, mm-hmm. um, so that you've got an active plan in place. Um, now, depending on the level of resentment and anger, and especially depending on the level of safety between the two of you, this may be one of those situations where you'd really benefit for even a short time involving a third party like a qualified therapist to kind of help mediate at least a little bit, you know, even if it's just a couple of sessions to try and get on the same page. Cause that may not be safe enough for this partner to do that right now at this point True. for lots yeah. of different reasons. But, yeah. but yeah, I love your point, Mark. I think that, yeah, we've got to figure out. So like, yeah, what does forgiveness mean to me, right? What level, In other words, what level of accountability am I needing from this person, right, to continue on? Because what you said is very telling, and I agree with you. I think it more is the question of how do I continue to stay authentically? And I think that for probably just about any spouse out there, at a baseline, there needs to be an acknowledgement of the significance of the past, right, and the damage that has been done. And and an opportunity to be able to convey that pain to the addict, the opportunity to be able to have your, I don't want to say your day in court, that sounds horrible. It's not not so much that, but to be able to really vocalize that, speak it, as Brene Brown would say, and be able to get that out in the open uh, so that there's an opportunity for him to be able to really practice that accountability if he's willing to do so. Right now, right, that's the right. big question. And,
1: and for you know, for addicts listening, one of the very first steps in this process, if you're if you're wanting a partner to start to forgive you, again, I said, creating the soil, you know, the fertile soil where that can happen, the environment, and part of that fertile soil for where forgiveness can happen, is are you willing to sit in your partner's pain? Are mm-hmm. you willing to receive what she has to offer to you about how much you've hurt her? Yeah, And will you sit and receive that without yep. going defensive, without getting angry, without, you know, going stoic, blowing it off, feeling you have to attack in return, mm-hmm. right? This all begins with that, my willingness to sit and receive your expressions of what this has meant for you. My, yep. what, what my addiction has done.
0: Absolutely. No, I, I, I am totally on the same page with that. I think that, I think that once there uh, is kind of a clear understanding for that, then there does also that that does need to be backed up by some kind of action, right? I think pretty much everybody can agree that, you know, at this point, I mean, 16 years of this, I think we're well past the point to to say that talk is cheap is probably the world's largest understatement of all time, (laughs) right? And (laughs) often
1: joke if my wife were on here, she would tell you, "Talk is cheap. Show me."
0: Absolutely, and there are lots of ways to do that right
1: and to, here's another thing to consider so if, so uh, if if we're talking about an addict who's a husband, you know so if, if guys are listening, you need to understand that if you're you're of course yearning for your wife to forgive you, yep, and any any person would desire that, you know right we don't want to be seen of endlessly as a monster in the eyes of our spouse, but you need to understand what you're asking for is really significant. absolutely. In this case, you're saying I have traumatized this woman for 16 years and I'm asking her basically to let down her guard, make herself vulnerable and put her, her heart out on the table. That's what he's asking
0: for. Absolutely. You
1: have to understand that unless, unless she can see significant efforts in the right direction on your part, why would the survival part of her even risk such a thing?
0: Correct. Not from, and it's important for addicts, I think, to understand this too. Sometimes, you know, we, those of us, when we struggle to empathize or really connect with the pain, it's easy to look at steps like this as, oh, so she just wants to nail me to the wall, right? She just Mm -hmm. wants to, you know, put me through the grinder or whatever, make me feel the same pain. And, and I think for most spouses, that's in my experience, that is not the, I mean, that does sometimes happen, but I think what we're really talking about here is, is yeah, like you said, being willing to get uncomfortable and to be able to, to take the steps to develop enough consistency to where that conversation, where that idea could even be entertained. Right. Um, because there's been so much trauma going on. It's and this is really critical, I think, for our our, our religious audience. Where well, I know we didn't it didn't stipulate in here what that was, but we do work with a lot of clients who come from a religious background where sometimes on a cultural level there is kind of this tacit inference. That you know, forgiving, like you said at the beginning of this, just mean just for. Hey, I want to be forgiven, right? So let's just move on, right? But the thing of it is, we use the stove analogy on this podcast a lot, right? If if I burn my hand on a stove, it probably isn't reasonable me for me for the rest of my life to curse the stove's name, to hate the stove, to set the stove on fire, right? None <laughs> of those things are really going to set. None of those things are really going to set things right. But it also, at the same time, it would be lunacy to then go back and touch the stove without one of those little mitten deals, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back into that situation more educated. In other words, my, my partner's trauma, if I'm an addict, I need to come to that place of accepting that my tr- partner's trauma is not just insanity. It's not just reactivity. There's a part to that that is very genuine and, and good. That says this thing, this person, this, this area is unsafe unless proven otherwise. Right. And until we get to a point where it is, I am going to continue to wear my emotional mitten when I deal with this. Right. So you it would be very normal for for the spouse, for who who rode in here to be to be feeling and coming from a place of I'll believe when I see it, being guarded, very closed off. Right. I think those would all be very understandable. Elements. And so, if there really is a sincerity, you know, as the saying goes, I think it is kind of a proof in the pudding sort of a situation. If you're really, as we say often on here, creating safety in a relationship doesn't mean necessarily getting to a certain point, but it does mean getting on a solid, consistent, safe, growth based trajectory, right? That's backed up by action and is verifiable.
1: Well, and here's, a, here's an insight for those who struggle with addiction listening that might, be, that might uh, help you to see this in a different light. And I'll use me as an example. There were, there were many years when I was not in recovery. I was still solidly in addiction where I wanted my wife to forgive me. Yeah. And why? Because I didn't like the discomfort of her not approving of me, accepting me just as I was. Yeah. her not accepting my behaviors right accepting the up and down roller coaster ride that i was constantly putting her on yes. and because it made me feel unworthy it it brought shame upon me i wanted her to forgive me so those feelings would go away absolutely and that's that's the behavior of an addict i don't want to lean into the uncomfortable i just want it to go away yeah. And here's sort of an attitude I had and I've heard this more than once with clients I work with. Well, if she would just forgive me, then that would be the starting point where I can move
0: forward. So true. Yep. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Then we need a clean slate and then we can, you know, mm-hmm. make that clean break. No, that's that's not how it works, right? I we 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 very much when it comes to developing out trust. There has to be verifiable action. I mean, you're talking about a dynamic here, and, and I know this, this one listener who wrote in is not alone, right? It's hard for us addicts sometimes to remember that there are a couple of things going on for a spouse. You have been living with your addiction for I don't know how long, but I guarantee you've been living with it, coming to accept it, developing different thought processes around it far longer than your spouse has, regardless of the situation, almost in every case right and and so often we we addicts, i mean I hear, I hear this all the time from guys i I don't know what her problem is, Steve. I've been sober for two months, like what's the problem? Well, how long did you act out? okay, well, I've been acting out off and on for you know twenty five years, but and then that's where we'll have to kind of stop right and pause and recognize that our brains are evidence based, your brain is evidence based, and so is your spouse's, and she's got twenty five years. Of experience telling her, do not be close to this person in X, Y, or Z ways. They are not safe to X, Y, or Z degrees. Right. And even though thankfully it doesn't take 25 years to reverse that, it the minute we start holding on as addicts, I think, to these timetables that we try to lay out and say, what you're really mm-hmm. saying to your spouse without realizing is say, Hey, I know I've I've been beating you up for however long. You, you know, here's a cold rag and a Band-Aid. You've got three months to heal that thing, and then let's move on. <laughs> right. right. Healing, right. recovery does not happen on a set timetable, and neither does your wife's healing.
1: Well, and neither does recovery happen with conditions, guys. Yes, correct. If I'm going to enter into real, legitimate, genuine recovery, it is going to be on my shoulders alone, regardless of what my spouse decides to do or not to do. I move forward proactively because I want to do so. Now, sometimes, hey, and I get this, sometimes we, we do get some outside pressure that's needed where my spouse finally throws her, her hands in the air and says, I'm, I'm, I'm finally done, done, done. And if that's the thing that, that really gets me to get my butt in gear and to start getting serious about my own recovery, so be it. I'm, I'm yeah. all for that. I yeah. needed, I had to have external pressures in my case. You know, yes. We hear well. You need to hit rock bottom, and then you'll get serious about your recovery. But well, it didn't work for me because yeah. I was what's called a bottom walker. I hit rock bottom, and then just said, "Oh, let's just walk along the bottom." S- just stayed there. Oh yeah, <laughs> the ocean floor is kind of nice. Yeah, why, why go? Anyway? Nice. Let's just walk <laughs> along the bottom.
0: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right, and there there's a lot to be to be done. I think in this dynamic. I mean. Uh, On the one hand, if I'm if I'm the partner of this uh, or I'm the addict in this equation and my partner's written in that uh, and and hopefully this gives the partner who wrote in some hope too. the fact that you're so angry and frustrated to me says that there's still hope. Yes. You know, when we see couples come in and there's a lot of anger and hurt and pain, even though on the one hand, we don't want to see that on the other hand, in many more cases than not, that's encouraging because it means that the marriage still matters yes um and that there is still room for healing to happen here but but uh yeah where you get really scared is when you just kind of don't care at all anymore you just see
1: indifference where correct it, it's just, just kind of like no emotion at all it's just
0: get better like, don't get better and it's not yeah. sarcasm right you just really no. feel that way and so i hope that uh, i hope that the addict partner of this spouse who wrote in is listening And, uh, we, we, we know that you can do it. You can make some changes start today. Please get involved. There's lots of ways to go about that. We mentioned therapists before. And of course, one of the best ways to, to get some help, especially when we're talking bang for your buck would be to look into the uh, program that Mark and I have created called dare to connect. Uh, we offer weekly support sessions, one for spouses, one for addicts and one for couples each week of the year, all year long. Um, and uh, bring that content to you live and interactive in your home, either via recording or live, where you can ask questions, get answers. We've got a huge support network now that's grown since we opened the program several months ago of of people who are willing to give you feedback in addition to us who get it. Um, We'd love to have you come join us. Uh, It comes with a a free two-week trial right now, so really there's just no reason not to give it a shot. $95 a month for both of you combined. We'd love to have you there. Uh, take a look at that at daretoconnectnow.com. Dare to All
1: right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening in. And Absolutely. Steve and I will see you
0: next time on PBSE. Take care, everybody. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.